Welcome to the Creative Agency Account Manager podcast with me, Jenny Plant from Account Management Skills Training. I'm on a mission to help those in agency client service keep and grow those existing client relationships so your agency business can thrive. Welcome to episode 37. This is part one of a two-part interview with Simon and Carey from Relationship Audits and Management. They've put together a report summarizing what clients are telling them about agencies. And they've taken this data from hundreds of interviews that they've conducted with clients over the last year. So there are six themes in total. And Simon and Carey are going to talk us through each theme, share some insights, share some quotes from clients, and then most importantly, what they believe agencies need to do about it? What actions do we need to take? So they're going to talk us through their recommendations. So this part one is going to cover three key themes. First theme, is your agency fit for purpose? Theme two is, are you nimble enough? And theme three is, are you communicating in the best way? Let's go over to Simon and Kerry now. So I am absolutely thrilled to have Simon and Kerry back from Relationship Audits. As many of the listeners are probably aware, and as are the participants on my programs, I'm a huge fan of Relationship Audits and what they've done. What they did for me when I was working at Publicis, which was to come in, audit a relationship that wasn't going particularly well for the agency, and manage to extend that relationship by two years by finding out what was really going on with the client. So Relationship Audits and Management essentially listen for what's not being said with your clients. And I recommend them to every agency that I work with because they are phenomenal. And not only that, but they have a huge amount of benchmarking data across many different industries, particularly in the creative space. So I'm delighted to have them back. So Kerry, can I come over to you just to give a short intro to who you are and what you do? Thank you, Jenny. Your check's in the post. (laughs) Great. (laughs) (laughs) So for those who don't know us, and I'm sure there's there's quite a few people who don't know who we are, the clue to what we do is in the name. So relationship audits, we audit relationships, audit relationships amongst commercial organizations who either provide a service or who buy a service. So if you're a client, you might evaluate your agency, or if you're an agency, you might evaluate your relationships with your clients. And we do that in the UK. We do it globally. We've got partners in different countries of the world. And we gather our intelligence by either talking to people with uh, in-depth interviews or by using our award-winning online assessment tools, prime of which is Relationship Radar. Um, So that's what we do. Brilliant. Thank you so much for that lovely, succinct intro. So one of the big reasons I've invited Simon and Carrie on is that they've developed recently a really insightful report about their findings, having worked with clients over the last couple of years. And this obviously spans COVID. So in 2020 and 2021, and actually the insight that they've gathered from clients talking about their relationship with service providers can provide us with some actions, some activities and recommendations for what we should be doing differently now. So Simon, would you mind spending a couple of minutes just talking about the context behind this report that you've put together? Yes, Jenny, thank you very much indeed. And hello, everybody. One of the things that we often say to our clients, or indeed their clients often say to us, is that agencies are pretty poor at leveraging their collective learning. So we, in a sense, decided to take our own advice and actually 
look at the themes that clients have been saying to us about their agency relationships over the last 12 months. And what we've done is we've put this together in a series of about half a dozen themes of the key and regular things that people are actually talking to us about. Okay, fantastic. So I'm going to start us off by talking about theme one, which is, I love the way you've titled these because there it's a question and actually people listening might be thinking, hmm, good question. So the first question is, is your agency fit for purpose? So can you talk me through a little bit about what you discovered? Yeah, sure, sure. You know, it's amazing to think that it's now over a year since COVID hit and many countries all around the world went into lockdown. And, you know, especially for the business services sectors, such as marketing services, most clients, not all, but most, cut their spending and agencies had to rapidly adapt, be it furloughing staff or putting other staff onto reduced days per week. And undoubtedly, there was a real shakeout. And what our research consistently shows is those that had the best service, the best client relationships, are undoubtedly the ones that have performed better. It's interesting that some of our clients say to us, what's happening out there? It's all a bit quiet. And I don't think it's any coincidences that those are the agencies that tend to have the poorest client relationship scores. The best ones, certainly, uh, we've seen over the last few months have been if they've been complaining about anything it's the amount of pitch opportunities so there's undoubtedly been a real shakeout and what we've also seen is that time poor and insecure clients have really reverted to placing their work with those that they really considered to be what you call trusted advisors in fact probably about two-thirds told us that supplier performance during lockdown was likely to impact their intentions to work with them in the future. And that we're certainly seeing is the case. Now, clearly, there have been a number of challenges, though. The agencies that put their staff onto shorter working weeks, many of them faced frustrations from clients they couldn't get hold of their team when they needed them. And that from hundreds of client companies we've spoken to, there hasn't been one that hasn't gone through some form of management restructure. And indeed, many of the larger clients, many of the larger corporates, seem to be on a continual journey of reorganisation. For many, their change of structure and operations has led to them re-examining if their agencies are now fit for purpose. So have a think. Are you really fit for your client's purpose? So consequently, it's perhaps no surprise that we're seeing in many service categories a pitch frenzy with, as I said earlier, many agencies struggling to actually keep up with how many opportunities they have to pitch. So with this point and the other points we're going to make, there are two key things we'd urge you to actually think about. Simply ask yourself, how have your clients changed? And if so, take a hard look at if you need to restructure the way you work with them. And secondly, Confirm on a regular basis what your client's expectations of you are and, importantly, how you're performing against those expectations. The biggest mistake you can make is assuming that your client's expectations of you have stayed the same. Kerry? I couldn't agree more. In fact, just finishing on that point about what Simon said, you know, assuming your expectations are the same is one thing. But what clients tell us, between 61 and 63%, depending on which year you're in, 
of like the clients we speak to say that their uh, agency has never asked them what their expectations of them are. So that's a piece of learning. So if you're asking your client what they want from you, you're ahead of the pack. And it's in this whole area of expectations that, again, we got a, an interesting development over the last 12 months. When we sit down and talk to clients of our clients, when we do deep, deep in-depth interviews or deep dive interviews, first thing we do is we ask the client company about their expectations of their service provider or, or specifically their agency. And one of the things we noticed last year was that the proportion of those people, the client individuals with whom we spoke, who said that agility, flexibility, being able to flex was one of their expectations of the agency, had grown enormously. So if you look back to 2019, for example, then that's been there, but it was probably at a level, well, it was at a level of around 30%. And by third quarter in uh, 2020, that number had risen to 76%. So 76% of clients were saying to us that what they were looking for was an agency that was nimble, agile, and able to flex, given the levels of uncertainty that were existing in the marketplace. In fact, one grocery retailer told us that their agency had suffered because the holding company had put in place a rule about home working. And the agency themselves took about three weeks to get their act together. But what that bred was a spirit of innovation to the point where eventually the agency got itself sorted and, in fact, didn't just recover, but because of the efforts it went to to innovate, actually strengthened its relationships with this particular client. Because if you're a grocery client and your agency can't get the ads out quick enough, boy, you're going to suffer, right? But the agency got around it. They look for innovative ways of doing it, and they sorted it. So the point about this, I think, is to say, you know, if you're working with your client, when was the last time you asked them about their changing priorities? Speak to them about their changing priorities. Think about how well you're structured to help them deal with those priorities and those changes. And go to the client with your suggestions before they come to you with the questions. Okay, I just want to pick up on a couple of points you've said so far, particularly for the role of account manager that's listening to this, because I think this provides a bit of a checklist, doesn't it, of things to do. Like, yeah. are we asking our clients for their expectations? You know, asking the question, like, for you to come back to me in six months time and tell me this has been the best experience ever, or I'm so glad we chose you as a partner, what needs to have happened? And then being quiet and letting them fill the gap. That's the first thing. The second thing, to your point, Simon, I think about the, the changing corporate structure. Why is that key now? Because, for example, I've come across agencies where there has been a CEO change or there has been a reorganization at the top level. And that filters down to the supplier relationships. And it could be that however good you've been, you might get given an RFI to fill in again. So you have to repitch for the business, which is fine and dandy if that particular client is less than, say, 20% of your overall revenue. But if it's anything greater, then that presents a massive risk to the business. So I think great tips so far. The thing about nimbleness, Kerry, I just wanted to pick up. Can you give me any examples of perhaps agencies that haven't been able to respond 
well. I mean, we talked about the working from home policy that maybe was put out there too quickly. But any other examples of agencies where they're not being nimble enough? Can I jump in? Because literally, I was speaking to a client uh, a couple of days ago about this. And one particular agency has its workload meeting on a Wednesday. And apparently, the account manager from the agency said, well, I'm going to have to wait until we have the workload meeting in a couple of days time until I can get back to you and tell you when you can have the piece of work. Now, this caused major, major problems with that client because the client needed the work really within 48 hours, not to have to wait 48 hours until he could be told when he actually got it. But also, I think this raises something that occasionally comes up, but both Kerry and I know uh, is very, very true. The quality of an account manager, the quality of an accounts director is partly judged by clients in that their ability to actually short circuit agency internal processes, that when something is urgent or needed very, very quickly to be able to bend the rules and to actually get that work done. And what clients don't want to do, rather like this particular agency I've just talked about, is feel that they are in a set process that they have to abide by when things are really, really urgent. I would also add that a great account manager, a great account director actually knows how their clients work, how they think, how they plan. And so lots of examples of non-agility are also related in many cases to the agency not thinking one step ahead, what is likely to be coming down the line from the client and can we be preparing for that yeah no i, I think that's uh, i absolutely agree entirely with that and i'm and two builds on that one flexibility is not just about what you do it, it's about the process right and so you know uh, we've recently i've recently done a, some interviews for a foreign agency whose clients said the problem with this agency is that what they've got a financial system of one size fits all right i, I work with them in my particular country and i don't benefit from local rates when I want to adapt a, you know, a piece of internationally developed work, right? So what that does is I have to pay huge amounts of money for this creative work, which upsets the relative percentage that I'm allowed to spend media versus versus production. So my business is completely compromised by the fact that they won't be more flexible in terms of the pricing. And to build on Simon's point, another interview that I did, the guy said, this seems to be terrific operationally. But the other agency with whom they work was far better at anticipating problems, right? And if you anticipate problems and go to the client with a solution before the problem actually develops and manifests itself, then boy, you know, you're on the front foot and the client's on the front foot. So anticipate and be flexible with your financial structures where you need to be. I love that. Jenny, can I just add one build on this is that... With the intensity of work, with the intensity of deliverables and the problems associated with remote working, one of the casualties of this are regular post-project reviews. What we're seeing is they're being sacrificed just in the charge to get everything done. If you are holding regular post-project reviews to look at what's worked and why it's worked, particularly in terms of process, but also to look at where problems have occurred and what the agency can be doing to prevent those problems occurring again, one of which may be forward planning, you will have a much, much better client relationship. And it's also another excuse to get in front of the client 
to build that relationship, isn't it? A post-project review, you yeah. know, you you could argue that it's less for the client and more for the agency, but it's so valuable. We're getting the feedback from the client. So we're being able to anticipate anything that goes wrong, like Carrie's point. And also it's our chance to build upon that relationship and also anticipate future problems because inevitably that post-project review will lead on to a future-focused conversation about what's next. The other thing that you said, Kerry, there, which I think is, again, was super key, is defining value for your client from the outset. You know, what does value mean to you? Because it will mean something different to your client. So this is all fantastic. So we've talked about, is your agency fit for purpose? We've talked about, is the agency nimble enough? The third theme coming out of this report was, are you communicating in the best way? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think everybody listening to this will have seen and let's say suffered from the explosion in Zoom, Teams, Blue Jeans, whatever, video meetings. And I suppose in the absence of being able to meet in person, it was inevitable that people switched to wanting to have virtual FaceTime. However, the consequences have been that many managers, both on the agency and the client side, are spending huge amounts of their time on calls and really suffering real fatigue. Many enterprise clients and their service providers are saying to us that they believe that this has resulted in just, frankly, too many meetings. And there's almost a paralysis about attending meetings versus getting work done. And it's interesting that we've seen a growing number of companies such as Citigroup, I think is one, HSBC certainly or another, starting to trial the concept of Zoom free Fridays. Don't know whether it's going to work or not, but I think it's probably a step in the right direction. And, you know, furthermore, at the start of this year, we ran a number of our relationship radar online surveys where we asked about clients' intentions of going back to their offices and also visiting their agencies. What was fascinating was by the end of February, the results were showing that 69%, nearly 70% of clients envisage going to their office this year only three days a week or less, and 9% saying that they were going to work permanently from home. Furthermore, when asked about their anticipated intentions of visiting their agencies, approximately a third said it was too early to say, fair enough. A third, though, said it was unlikely they'd want to travel And the other third said that they would travel, but certainly a lot less. Now, interesting, those people that said that they would travel, but maybe a lot less, said they'd also like the ability to work and to meet their other colleagues in their agency's offices. Now, I think, to be fair, that was the research we did in February. We sense, since February, there might be a little more optimism about travelling to meetings. Nonetheless, though, we're seeing agencies downsizing their office space and reconfiguring their offices to make them more collaborative spaces. And we're also seeing a number of agencies who are hedging their bets. We know of a number who've given up long-term leases and moved to rented, shorter-term, flexible office spaces and are encouraging longer-term working from their staff. So it's a mixture. This is a huge degree of volatility we're seeing. So in terms of action, what would we recommend out of this? Well, firstly, don't assume that everybody wants a Zoom call. Secondly, we'd suggest it's worth resetting with your clients, asking them what communication methods they prefer. And indeed, if you're going to have those Teams and video type calls, re-evaluating just how many people do you really need on that call? And thirdly, 
recognise that in-person meetings, certainly for the immediate future, are now a precious commodity. You know, particularly within marketing services, face-to-face meetings have been absolutely crucial to establish, maintaining, enduring business relationships. And clearly, there will be less opportunities to meet your clients in person, certainly over the next year. So therefore, you need to think carefully about how your agency and you can get to meet your client in person, be it creating those collaborative working spaces that clients will want to safely visit, workspaces for them to actually hot desk from. And also, importantly, if you're going to do all of that, have a think about when those clients are going to be in the office and make sure that you're in the office on the same day with them, even if you haven't got a meeting. Key message is face-to-face meetings are precious. Such great advice there. Just a couple of points I would wanted to kind of pick up on. I think a lot of this for an agency account manager that might be listening to this thinking, how do I incorporate all these questions and make sure I cover all of this? What we're talking about is having a really thorough onboarding checklist, isn't it? Have I asked what the value the client wants to see from me? Have I asked you know, what's the best way for you for me to communicate? I had an example of an account manager the other day that said, I can't get hold of my client. I actually wrote a post on LinkedIn about it. And I said, so what have you done so far? And he said, I've sent three emails. And I said, I said, have you, have you called? No, no, they don't pick up the phone anyway. Okay, fair enough. What else have you tried? Have you tried WhatsApp? Have you tried a video message? Have you tried calling someone else in the client organization? But I think a lot of account managers sometimes are a bit stuck in the email, you know, just going to keep emailing. So in that instance, Simon, for example, during the onboarding process, you could ask, look, in an emergency, let's discuss which is the best communication vehicle for you. What would suit you? What times of the day? How is it best? The other thing I wanted to ask you actually was, which came up in a conversation today about this face-to-face with clients. You know, it's at a premium. You suggested, you know, a collaborative office space, which I think brilliant clients are showing an interest in that. What's your view on corporate entertainment? You know, is it too early to say, are you seeing any trends? What, What are agencies kind of doing okay can i just pick up on probably three points from what you just said just to answer the last one first when we are seeing only very limited amount of corporate entertainment and those tend to be outside the marketing services sector i think one needs certainly until let's say the end of september to be very 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 careful about this there will be clients that would like and i would include corporate entertainment as much as going down the pub for a drink or going out for a meal. I think one needs to be very, very careful about this, certainly in the near future. In terms of meeting clients face-to-face, it's going to be well over a year since most of the people listening to this will have had face-to-face meetings with their clients. I'm a great, and I know Kerry is as well, a great believer in first impressions. It's almost a chance for a new first impression. And what I mean by that is that meetings run like clockwork. There are agendas all the points have been properly prepped don't just treat it as hello it's nice to actually see you again and let's carry on there is an opportunity to actually reset and to that point Jenny you talked about the onboarding process we've got a number of clients 
that have good relationships with new clients that they've won during the pandemic, but even they recognise they're not as close as they actually should be. And that has been a challenge for those agencies. But also, when you were talking about onboarding, Jenny, it actually made me think of actually what we're talking about here is reboarding. Asking clients what their expectations are, asking about flexibility, actually resetting a whole number of things with your clients as you get back into pseudo normal working. I can see a Simon Rintut blog post coming up. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And the final thing was maybe Jenny, Kerry, you and I could collaborate and maybe the listeners could also add to it. But actually, I think it would be interesting if we put our heads together and actually draw up a list of the things you can do if you can't get hold of your client. Because I just wonder how many ideas we would actually have. It's a great idea. I love it. Kerry, did you want to add anything to the theme of communication before we move on? to? Uh, no, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, that if you we're talking about face-to-face communication, right? Now, what happened last week in Carbis Bay? G7 all met yeah, face-to-face. I and I think, I may be wrong, but I think... Trudeau said it was one of the most productive G7 conferences he's ever been to. The power of meeting people when you can do it in the right way. Well, I don't want to date this cast, but we're speaking and recording this the day after Joe Biden met President Putin. And one of the things that Biden said last night, which we would absolutely agree with, there is no substitute for actually meeting somebody in person. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I hope you enjoyed part one of two parts with that interview with Simon and Kerry. Now, I would urge you to tune in to the part two where we're going to follow the theme and cover three more topics. The topics are going to be, are you sharing learnings from other clients? Are you better or worse at tech? And did you realize that what drives perception of value for money has changed? So lots more recommendations, tips, insights that Simon and Kerry are going to share on the next episode. So I look forward to seeing you again on that episode. Episode. 